Good morning. Welcome to this assembly. I would like to invite your attention to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. I think we are all aware of what today is in the religious world and to some extent in the secular world. Anytime attention is given to Jesus Christ as he is presented to us in Scripture, that is good. I would encourage you to read what the Bible says all about Jesus Christ. His pre-existence as deity in heaven. His involvement in the creation of all things. He is the subject of prophecy in amazing divine detail. When you come to the New Testament, give attention to his genealogy, his birth, his life, his teaching, his death, burial, and resurrection. And then he ascended back to heaven and he is there now. All that is said about Jesus Christ solicits our close attention. And his life needs the serious attention of our lives. His life needs the serious attention of your life. And while there is no mandate from the apostles of Christ to single out an annual day, nor any example of that in the New Testament, what the Bible says about his birth and everything else, everything else needs our attention, not just for one day or one season. Here is the ultimate question that should have occurred to people before this day and ought to occur to each of us after this day. What will you do with Jesus? Not just today, but with your life. What will you do with Jesus? I'm reading now from Matthew 27 verses 15 through 22. Matthew 27, 15 through 22. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream." Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus 
who is called Christ. They all said, let him be crucified. Pilate's question should not be lost on anyone today. It is, in fact, the question. Jesus was born according to prophecy. He lived perfectly. He suffered at the hands of his enemies. And it came to this moment when Pilate said to the crowd, What will you do with Jesus? Every truth, every truth about Jesus Christ calls upon every person here to answer this question. What will you do with Jesus? If you haven't come to him initially in trust and obedience, what will you do today? If you were baptized into Christ, but you are not living up to that commitment, same question. What will you do now going forward <clears throat> the rest of this year, into next year, and throughout your life? What will you do with Jesus? I want to put that question to us for a few minutes this morning, beginning here. Does he threaten your lifestyle? We need to be brutally honest with ourselves. Is this the obstacle? There are ambitions and practices and attitudes and activities and careers. You have come to accept and enjoy as a routine of your life. And you know that if you trust and obey Jesus, <clears throat> those ways of the world, those thoughts and behaviors would now come under his authority. And in many cases, you would have to engage in very thorough repentance of activities and attitudes that have been a part of your life that are against his will. So you know the truth about Jesus Christ, but you know that some of your habits and behaviors are so dear to you, you've put that lifestyle above the claims and blessings of being a disciple of Christ. Look with me in Luke chapter 12. I'm going to start at verse 13. Luke chapter 12, verse 13 Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions." And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, 
drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Every word of that passage, every word of the Bible needs our attention. But I want to say to you after reading this section, one of the most important sentences in the Bible is in Luke twelve fifteen. Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Life is not about how much you have. It isn't about what a good time you have. It isn't about how many people you impress. It's not about mere verbal expression of truth. It is about God responding to God so that your exit from this life will be perfectly and eternally fulfilling. The fool in this story became successful in the world's eyes, and he treasured what he had. He reached a point, and he thought he was completely satisfied. But God took him, leading Jesus to say, So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. What will you do with Jesus? Does he threaten your lifestyle? Are you blind to death and eternity? This man in Luke 12 was, but I want to explore that thought with you further. And you can be turning to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. There are faithful Christians in this audience who will confess there was a time in their past when they were not serious about death and eternity. They pushed those thoughts away. But there came a time in hearing the truth about Jesus Christ that they brought that reality to the front. And in hearing and reading Scripture made the decision to obey Jesus Christ based on faith confessed with repentance and baptism activated. There is no greater risk than to dismiss the reality of death and eternity. No greater risk. Everybody needs to wisely assess the reality of death, judgment, and eternity, and not just when you go to a funeral or you hear about a death. Reality, personally, of your death... And where you will spend eternity. There's no greater risk than to push that aside and dismiss it. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, 
So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save with those who are eagerly waiting for him. Did you know that death is one of the primary causes of grief in our society? That would not surprise anyone. Because the world sees no good in it, it is often considered ugly and hopeless and cruel and morbid. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28 call upon us to recognize the reality of death and judgment and eternity. Let me show you another passage in Hebrews that also mentions death. Back in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he, that's Christ, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Deliverance from the fear of death through Christ. Is that attractive to you? So that those obedient to Him do not carry this morbid fear Death is transformed into something good and beautiful. Its fear is defeated by Christ and your response to Him. And then, as people, we are ready for God's judgment. What will you do with Jesus? Our prayer is you will follow Him and walk in Him and live for Him and thus be delivered from the fear of death. But I have another question. Do you really trust in Him? Our society is beyond skepticism about the Bible. Atheism and agnosticism are tragically common all through our society. Do you think Jesus was just a good man, a good role model, a good advisor, have you truly considered the evidence that he was God in the flesh and that he was raised from the dead and that he is at the right hand of God in this moment? In John eleven twenty five, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Do you believe that? Have you applied yourself to an objective and fresh reading of these four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Have you looked at this truth through this objective kind of inquiry that's personal? If he was not raised from the dead, where is the body? The empty tomb begs for some answer. It may be in our world today, on this day, many are focused on the manger, but without good attention to the empty tomb. 
There were witnesses. He had followers who risked their lives to follow his example. Have you actually devoted good objective study time to the evidence that the Bible is the Word of God and the New Testament is the correct testimony about Jesus, about who He is, what He did, and what He expects of us. I'm turning to John 20, 30 and 31. John 20, 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. All that is said about Jesus solicits our close attention. All that is written about Him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all the prophecy that came before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the responses directed by the apostles that you will discover in the book of Acts and in the epistles, it all needs our attention, not just the manger scene. His life needs the attention of your life. Stop and think. There were people all over the world who died last week who had no advance warning of their death and who were not ready. There is a God. He created you, sent His Son, and what's important for you is not a Christmas tree, gifts, or parades. What's most important for you is your response to Jesus Christ. Your life lived out in response to Him. If you're ready and we can assist you, please come while we stand together to sing. <clears throat>